Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 120 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today I'm actually not joined by my forever co-host. I'm joined by my forever life partner. Some of you may know her on the internet as Gizmo. She's Lauren to me. Lauren, how you doing? I'm good. I'm just your temporary co-host this week and happy to fill in for Ryan. Um, I am Ryan's little sister for those of you who don't know me and Rusty's wife. Yeah. Also known as Gizmo. Yeah. And you've been on the show a few times, actually. Uh, You were not our first guest, believe it or not. I know, I'm still a little sad about that, but... I mean, to be fair, you were our second guest on the show following The Great Pete Door, episode 9. We had Pete on, and then we had you on for episode 10, so it's all good. Yeah, I, I guess I'll take a second fiddle to Pete. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I'm all it, right with that. It happens more often than not in our marriage, so it's... <laughs> okay, but it's to Scooby, it, typically I'm second fiddle to Scooby. And if Scooby could talk, he would have been on here probably many moons ago, but that is neither here nor there. Yes, as you mentioned, Ryan, my forever co-host, is not on the show today. Gave him the week off because we originally were not even going to record the podcast this week just because we have an Otaku Brothers community game night tonight. So if you're listening to this prior to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, June 26th, 2021, Click that little link in the show notes, hop on the Discord, talk to us, play some Mario Kart. It's going to be a great time. I got my friend code listed there so you can join us. I'm super excited, but because of that, I thought let's just take a week off because the past few weeks, Ryan and I, we've been recording some lengthy episodes because, you know, we, we talked a lot about E3, predicting all that was going to go down leading up to it, and then we, of course, had to break down all of the goodness that actually happened at E3. Uh, plus some of these, you know, newer segments that we've been debuting. We've just, we've had some meaty Otaku Brothers episodes and we record every week. So it's a significant effort, but I, I can't help myself. I love sitting behind the mic. I like talking to you. I love talking to Ryan. And I thought, well, why don't we just bring you back on the show? Give Ryan the week off and we'll bring back one of the segments that Ryan and I did a couple weeks ago and just have a good time doing it. Yeah, this probably isn't going to be a three-hour episode, so we'll just keep it similar to me, short and sweet. Yep, four hours. So <laughs> I hope you brought your coffee. I hope you brought your water because we're going to be talking for a long time. And now you get a taste of the sauna that is the game room. Yeah, you picked the wrong room for this for this game room. It's yeah. brutal. It's pretty hot in here. But with all that said, let's just go ahead and uh, run down the agenda because we've got a lot of things to get to this week. And really, I want to just kind of pick your brain since you haven't been on the episode I think it's 28 episodes. Oh, wow. So it's been a while. Yeah. So we got to pick your brain, see what's going on in the gizmo life, and talk about the games we've been playing recently. I know I've been playing some really good ones, but kind of um, building upon the whole you haven't been on the show in a while, you've been playing some pretty good video games over the past, I guess, seven, eight months. Yeah, it's, it's been fun to get back into it, so we'll definitely tackle those games. So we got to talk about that, and then to close out this week's episode, a couple weeks back, Ryan and I debuted a new segment for the show called memory of melodies and it's a little play on words from the recent kingdom hearts rhythm game and it's just an opportunity for us to kind of share some really special memories of games that we played growing up games that we played more recently 
but more than anything, why those songs are so special to us and kind of the memories that we have tied to them and the games uh, that the songs are from. So we're bringing back the Memory of Melodies segment this week, and I'm not even going to tease what the uh, the theme of the segment's going to be. You have to listen to the end of the show to get that. Yeah, patience is a virtue. That it is. So before we get into the games we've been playing and the segment stuff, the last episode we had you on was episode 92, A Wild Gizmo <laughs> Appears was the name of the episode. And it's actually funny because the reason that we didn't have Ryan on for that show is because he was sick at the time. Mm. I was sick at the time, not COVID. We just had, um, we were kind of under the weather with a little bit of a snuffly, sniffly nose, that kind of deal. Yeah. And it was also when the Future of Play uh, little conference went down with PlayStation. And that's when we found out that, you know, Final Fantasy 16 was the thing, uh, among so many other games. So you can go back and listen to that episode. But I pretty much talked a solo episode <laughs> for the first hour and 10 minutes of the show. Yeah, I didn't even need to be there. I mean, you didn't watch the conference. So, no. You know. So then the back half, that's when that's when it got really interesting because I chimed in. Well, that, yeah, you could you could say that. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't really go there. But uh, yeah, so then we brought you on. I don't even remember what the heck we talked about. Yeah, I don't know. It's like... We can just talk about anything. Yeah. It's, it's always fun. It's, it's all good. But yeah, go back and listen to 92 if you want to get down on that. But anyways, at the time of that recording, I think it was September of last year. Oh, wow. It was a long time ago. So at that point, we hadn't purchased a house yet. We wow. were still recording in the one bedroom apartment <laughs> at the kitchen table. Pandemic oh, life. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pandemic life was still very real. You hadn't even changed jobs yet. Gosh, so much has changed. It is yeah, amazing. That's, that's wild. That that was just September. Yeah. Not even what nine months. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, a lot's changed. So why don't you just update the good people? I mean, how you doing? How you liking the house? How you liking the new job? Oh, all good things. Um, I won't recommend changing jobs and moving into a new house while doing a master's degree. That's kind of a lot. Oh yeah, I during forgot the pandemic you were, had that little master's thing going on too. Yeah, yeah. But I have six weeks left mm. in my 20 month program. So I can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Whereas in September, I probably couldn't. Um, but yeah, the house has been great. It's, you know, one project after another. So for any homeowners out there, I'm sure you can sympathize. Um, but it's kept us really busy. We've done mm. a lot. Yeah. Um, now that my master's is wrapping up, I'm starting to work in the yard more. So uh, even just this morning, my dad came over and helped, helped me rip out some of the garden beds so we can replant. Um, so yeah, that's been fun. New job has been great. It's always a learning curve with a new team and new industry and stuff, but mm -hmm. yeah, I'm definitely sleeping a lot better. Don't have the dark circles that I did when I worked at the same place that Ryan currently works. Mm -hmm. So you got to nudge him to, to, uh, look for something new, but you look terrific, yeah. by the way. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, most of it yeah, has to do with I the Okami t-shirt that you're wearing right now, but... <laughs> Spoilers for later, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel great. Um, things have been been really fun, so I'm, I'm glad I changed jobs, glad we bought the house. Things are good. Me too. Busy, well, but good. what is the one thing... We've done a lot with the house, you're right, and Ryan and I have talked about it week over week, you know, since we've moved in, all the projects that you and I have been kind of working on behind the scenes, but what is the one thing that you're most, I guess, proud about since we moved in? What is the one project that you've completed that you just look at it and say, my goodness, I did a damn good job? <laughs> um, I mean, when we give people little, 
you know, welcome to our new home little house tours. We always end with the game room because that's, I think, the room that we're most proud of. Mm. Um, but as far as a project that I'm most proud of, like we revented our dryer, which I didn't think we could do on our own, but we just, you know, became little little engineers and figured out how to do that. So we're not super handy people. Not at all. And so we're becoming more handy. So I was proud of us for reventing our dryer. Um but I think my favorite room, aside from the game room, is my little reading room. Which still needs some love. It needs a lot of love. Yeah. When, when are you going to, I mean, I guess, I think a lot of, since your time's going to free up once you finish your master's program, like, I guess maybe that leads to another question. What is the first thing that you want to do project-wise once you wrap up the master's program? Yeah. Um, I'm someone who doesn't stay bored for very long. I always add something. Yeah, this isn't new news to me at all. Yeah, I know. I'm, I've been notorious for this, whether it was in college or in high school. I worked two jobs just because I got bored during the summer, and I'm just crazy. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, during all of this crazy stuff, I also tried to start writing a children's book, um, and Rusty you know, very quickly told me that I'm crazy um, for wanting to take on so much at once. Um, but that's something that's been really fun. So I think for a house project, I'll probably just rough in the backyard and gardening is something that really brings me a lot of joy. So I'll probably put more time into that. Mm-hmm. But then as we get into winter, I'll probably start, you know, sparking up the children's book again. Nice. So, yeah, I feel like my life has been on hold for the last year and a half. So I'm excited to like get some time back in my day. Good, good. And now getting back, because I'm, I'm very curious, you know, we've talked a little bit about it, but you have this, you know, reading room and in it yeah. you have two giant bookshelves where you keep your Switch collection. You mm-hmm. keep um, our modest collection of books over the years, you know, since we've been married, we've gotten really nice sets of the Chronicles of Narnia. We've gotten a really nice set of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. We're going to build on that, you know, over the, the next, you know, how many years do you think we'll be married? <laughs> uh, how long do you think you'll be alive? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. How long am I going to be alive? Just uh, however long that is. Yeah. Time's like a thousand. So, yeah. yeah. But, uh, very long time. so you got that in there. You've got the blue couch that we had at yeah. our original apartment. I love and that blue couch. that's kind of the current state of things. So, what is, what do you want to do with the room? Yeah. So, the reason I set claim to that room, so basically our, our master is on the bottom floor of the house, and then we have three little rooms upstairs. Um, one is a guest room, one is a, the game room, and then one is, kind of an open room that I claimed um, right now for a reading room that will probably eventually turn into hopefully a nursery. Mm -hmm. Um, So we painted it a nice neutral shade of yellow. Um, So it's a very soft yellow and relaxing. Um, But one of the walls is just windows. So um, I'd really like to deck it out with, you know, some pictures on the wall and just make it cozy because right now it's still pretty basic. Um, We have the blue couch, the two dressers, or not dressers, bookshelves that were in our living room before yeah where were those i mean pretty much when we had the old apartment every room everything was, the same was room. in the living room <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so i'm just hoping to use it a lot more you yeah. know when i worked from home full time before you know i switched jobs i worked in there but I'd, I'd really like to keep work out of it and just have it as like a nice little relaxing summary room because scooby loves that room yeah, he does. so we just sit on the couch and hang out but yeah, I'd like to do something cool with it. I definitely recommend doing that because, you know, when we first moved into the house, I thought, I you know, I was so convinced, you know, when we bought the house that, you know, obviously it would take some time to get the game room to its current state. But I was so excited to, because obviously in the, in the one bedroom apartment, 
I was losing my mind. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get any work done. I was going on like 20 walks a day. <laughs> any excuse it's I could get out of my apartment. You know, Ryan and I went on a ton of walks all the time. Mm-hmm. We'd walk his dog. But I couldn't get, I couldn't focus on work for the life of me. And I thought, you know, once I have my game room and I have this shelf of games behind me, how wonderful is it going to be to be able to walk away from my computer when I can't think or I, I just have this lull and focus pull off a couple PS2 games, read the back cover, maybe flip through some manuals, and then just, you know, jump right back into it. And then when I sign off for the day, I kind of convince myself that, oh, it'll be easy to just kind of pull off this hat of work and then transition right into either recording a podcast or playing video games on the couch. What a lie that you told yourself. Yeah, it was a very big, yeah, very big lie. That <laughs> definitely. It sounds easier than it actually is. It really is. Yeah. So I think you uh, making a wise choice by keeping the, uh, keeping the old work out of there. Yeah, and I think it'll be a lot easier because after 4th of July, I go back into the office full-time. So I've been every other week for the last, I guess, since November of 2020 when I switched jobs. Um, And so when I go back full-time in the office, I think that's going to be a tough transition, but it'll be a good way to just leave work at work Mm, for the mm -hmm. most part. Yeah. Unless I have a night conference or something, but that's pretty rare. Yeah. Now, your previous job, and we and I don't want to rag on Ryan too much here, but you liked the pacing of the work, kept you busy, kept you on your toes. You learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't think you ever could have learned that much that quickly at really any other uh, workplace. No, I mean, I needed that. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm too understanding of a person to not have gone into a role like that to get thick skin. Like... I needed I needed that type of environment, I think, to kind of form me in the fire, if you will, yeah. to be prepared for anything else. So now, like, I do negotiations for a living. Like, that's what I do. I write contracts. I negotiate. I, I argue with my suppliers in a very civilized, tactful way. But I couldn't have done that right out of school. I needed three and a half years or so of a tough environment that pushed me and challenged me mm-hmm. to prep me for my career. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy with that. But... People just get burned out and I got burned out. You know, it's it's not sustainable. No. So it's a really good way to spike your career and, you know, grow really quickly, but not sustainable at all. So. I'm with you. Uh, I can definitely attest as your husband, seeing the stress that was put on you uh, was not healthy. And no. you used the perfect word. It was not a sustainable environment uh, long term, certainly uh, for a married couple and certainly not with kids. But I think one of the biggest missing ingredients outside of the pacing and just the hours where, where you previously worked uh, was not really feeling fulfilled, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. How do you, uh, has that changed in your new role? Not even, not only just with the work that you're doing, but also with the people you're working with. Yeah. And I think the biggest part of what I miss from my old role is the people. You know, the job, you can find something interesting in any industry, really. Um, but the people were top notch. And and I feel like I've gone to an environment where people are also top notch. So I'm challenged. I laugh every day. I learn something new every day. And that's really what I wanted. I get bored very easily. So I wanted something to challenge me. And if I raise my hand for something new, of course, they're going to give me more stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, making a mistake and feeling like blamed for it. It's, it's always learning. It's always there's plenty of people to help me. Um, yeah, definitely more fulfilling. And I think the the company that I work for, I'm much more aligned with what we sell versus my previous job. So I, I'm behind the purpose and I'm behind the message. I love to hear that. Yeah, good. You need to come work for my company. I'm trying to pull you. I'm trying to recruit you. Yeah, well. If I had an open position, I'd. I guess kind of a little update on that with my workplace. So 
Um, kind of the last person that I expected to depart our office has departed and is on to bigger, better, and far, speaking of fulfilling, far more fulfilling things, uh, if I do say so myself. So if you're listening out there, buddy, and I know you probably are, congrats. Uh, I don't want to bring your name up because it's not my place to do so, but very happy for this person, a good friend of mine. We met a couple years back when I first joined the team, and so I'm kind of holding down the fort right now, which is tough, and I know uh, my boss is working behind the scenes to to make it more manageable, you know, kind of backfill some of these roles for the people that have left, but I'm definitely keeping my options open. I want to get to a place where not that I necessarily need to do this, but I see the stress that my boss, my boss's boss are under, and I wouldn't want to leave the team now just because, you know, other people have found opportunities, you know, post-pandemic. So I do want to stay for, you know, another probably six months through the end of the year, mm. but I'm definitely thinking about that next step. Uh, and if that's where you work, well, that would be wonderful because not only could we commute to work, but... We can carpool. Yeah, just being <laughs> under the same, um, you know, benefits and all that kind of stuff yeah, and just having... Having better visibility into things would be fun. But I think there is something to be said, too, about kind of like being in separate spaces, you know, because then we're kind of always seeing each other. We might go nuts, but... I mean, I feel like I'm pretty mild. I feel like I'm easy to get along with, but... You're, you're pretty high maintenance, on... <laughs> but I, okay. I, know, I don't know about that. I don't know. But we'd be on different floors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's whatever you want to do as long as you, you know, enjoy what you do. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it doesn't feel too much like a job. Um I don't know you should find passion especially if you know working is typically like 50 percent of your life or something crazy outside of sleep so um hopefully you enjoy it and find something that you know really sparks an interest for you yeah i hope so but let's kind of transition things a little bit yeah. we don't have to get into the games that we've been playing just yet hopefully everyone loves a little gizmo update i know i love picking your brain about random stuff <laughs> hopefully the good people out there enjoyed that But one of the things that we talked about on episode 92 when I had you on was something that at this point you kind of were really in the thick of. You were starting to get a nice Mm -hmm. following, a lot of traction. You, I think, really enjoyed doing it. You started this Gizmos Game Room Instagram account. Oh, yeah. You were taking photos of my collection. You were taking photos of things that you own. My collection, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, it's technically our collection. That was kind of like in the... I mean, the Switch games are mine and then the rest is yours. Yeah. And... I thought you were having kind of a really good time kind of connecting with people really all around the world Mm -hmm. and kind of with this mutual interest and love of video games. That's kind of in the same vein that I connected with the YouTube gaming community back in the late 2000s, you connected with this community of people over Instagram. So where, where is that at? How's it going? I mean, I know you got (laughs) a lot going on right now. You're juggling a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning to juggle. Um, no, I, I really started that Instagram account through the thick of the pandemic and it was a great way when we couldn't really go anywhere um or see friends see family it was a great outlet for me um and i and i loved it i love taking pictures i love being creative um it it did get to be a lot trying to respond to everyone and post every day and i really lost track of just being able to play games Mm, um as much as i'd like to because i ended up you know being able to play for an hour but then having to take a picture and post it and I'm I don't know kind of particular I want it to to look a certain way and mm-hmm. have a certain aesthetic so I'm kind of picky in that regard so it, it became a lot um, and I did it up until like two months ago I was still pretty consistent on it and then between work and school and the house projects I just stopped um, 
I kind of just went cold turkey and stopped. So um, I ended up temporarily deactivating it just to make sure that, you know, it doesn't blow up and people don't steal my photos because there's a lot of that too, a lot mm, of monitoring yeah. that has to go on because people have snagged my photos and, and use them in stock accounts. Um, but after my master's finishes up, then I'm really planning to to get back into it because I have played a lot of games and it has opened me up to being able to experience new games. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm, I'm sad that I'm not posting as much and interacting with the community because there are a lot of great people mm-hmm. in the Instagram gaming community. Um, but yeah, that's how I was exposed to Spirit Fair. Oh yeah. 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 Well, you hit on a great point there and I love that because you said that because of the effort it took for you to keep up with the comments, the direct messages, the posting, the staging of photos, creating a backlog of photos, that you kind of lost a little bit of, not only did you not have time to play games, but you probably kind of fell out of love with, okay, well, after you do all of that now, after a long day of work, you stage photos, you prep your post for tomorrow, probably the last thing you really want to do is sit down and play a video game for an hour or two. You kind of want to just probably veg out and watch a show or something. And that's what it became. And so I really, it felt more like a chore to play a game because Mm. then I had to think about what I'm going to do to stage a post and all of that. And then you have to post at a certain time of the day on Instagram for interaction. It's not like Twitter where you can just tweet whenever it's, you have to do it at a certain time or no one sees it. There is a bit of a science to it. Yeah, I mean, there's like, like if you ever make a, a page on Instagram or an account for that purpose, you have to do like the business end of it. So then you get all the statistics behind it and all the data and it, it becomes kind of cumbersome. It's not as like fun and carefree as it may seem. And so that becomes a lot. Um, and people just post every day and it's just, it became too much. And so when I get back to it, I won't be posting every day. Yeah. Um, because it isn't my life, but it can still be a fun piece of my life. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to it, but in the absence of the Instagram account, I've been able to play so many different games that have been a lot of fun. Well, it's been great to kind of be, you know, a fly on the wall here, just seeing your excitement for buying games, you telling me you ordered or pre-ordered certain games <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that one. I never would have thought you would do unless I nudged you well, to see. Very different taste in games, yeah. and so it's fun. Like, I, I enjoy watching you play certain games. Certain ones just don't click with me. And mm-hmm. so I'm more into the indie game, like, little RT stuff. So, yeah, we have very different tastes. So it's fun to, to hear what you're playing, too. Yeah, and even just to circle back, too, on something you said earlier, just about, like, it was taking up so much of your time. I know I need to strike a happy balance between podcasting, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I have two, I guess, on others. And even back in the day when I was recording videos on YouTube and I was in high school and eventually college, like... A lot of the time I spent more time thinking about recording videos, editing videos, interacting with people, responding to comments, keeping up with my, you know, my subscription feed. And it at times can feel like a part time job. So, you know, to keep yourself honest and to have that self-awareness of when is it the best time for me to step away and check myself Mm -hmm. and make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons and still finding it fulfilling, but also still making time for what fueled that passion or that hobby to begin with. And that in this instance is playing the games themselves, not just taking pictures about them, not just recording shows about them. And I'm only speaking on my, you know, behalf of myself because I know I got into that a lot in the YouTube days. Yeah. Well, and the trouble is to, 
it was kind of demoralizing because a lot of the accounts that did really well on Instagram were like just the very pink, we only play Animal Crossing, we only take pictures of like three games. And it was very much like the the gamer girl, like very stereotypical gamer girl mm-hmm. um, types of photos. And I'm, I'm a very conservative person, at least how I dress for the most part. Um, so I just, my account wasn't going to blow up because I was posting about like, I don't know, all kinds of like different games. Like I, I posted about Gears of War and I posted about Crazy Bones and I was posting about like all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. because that's what I was passionate about or am passionate about of a variety of things, not just like a single market or like a single section of the gaming community, but to do really well on Instagram, it has to be like very specialized and you only do that, like only cozy or only pink. Yeah. And I just wasn't wanting to put myself in that box. And I was like, as long as it's fun, I'll keep doing it. And it, it didn't, it wasn't fun for a bit because I was too busy and I wasn't playing games. And so I, I've taken a breather, but I'm excited to get back into it. But I mean, it's just in podcasting or Instagram or whatever it is, you can't worry about the numbers. You just Mm. have to do it while you enjoy it and do it for the right reasons. And Mm -hmm. the numbers will come if that's what you're looking for, but it'll come because you're passionate and because you put the work in, Mm. it won't come just because, you know, you're forming yourself into something that you're not just to stick with the numbers because then it's not fun. Preach girl. (laughs) But it's true. I mean, you want it to be sustainable. So Mm -hmm. do what, do what you love and then it'll come naturally. Yeah, no, I love that. And that was even something I kind of warned you about as you were getting into it. Yeah. I mean, not that I love you because of your modesty. And that's one of the things that attracted me to you so much back in high school is that you. High school. Did I know you in high school? College. College. My bad. (laughs) You were not that person that was, you know, kind of, going out there and, and saying like, this is me world. You, you kind of were more of the behind the scenes person. Mm-hmm. Um, An introvert. Yeah, exactly. And even with the Instagram thing, obviously you weren't going to be taking like half naked, ridiculous pictures or anything There's like a that. Lot of that but... but it was one of those things that I said too, of like, don't worry about if one post gets 16 likes and the other gets 300. Mm-hmm. If you had more fun prepping the photo that got 16 likes, then continue doing more of that yeah. because someone, 16 people liked it. Yeah. So there's there's people out there that did connect with whatever you posted. And same thing with my podcast episodes. There's some episodes that get, you know, X number of downloads and then there's some that get Y. And it's like, well, why didn't this one get as much attention? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, Rusty, did you have fun recording both? Yes. Then who cares? Yeah. And that's what you have to go back to. And one of my friends has a small business and I keep having to remind her, like, maybe you've only had five sales or 10 sales. But if if you had like a brick and mortar shop and 10 people came into your shop and requested specifically your artwork, that's amazing. Like Because there's umpteen other sh- you know, shops they there's, could have gone to. Yeah, there's yeah. hundreds of thousands, you know, so they picked you, they picked your style. So be happy with the 10. <clears throat> You're making an impact on those 10 people. That's what you have to go with. Love it. Love you. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited that yep. Gizmo's Game Room is going to make a return. Of course. On Instagram. Yeah, and maybe I'll do a little video, little Instagram like live, not live, but I don't know, little stories, is that what they call it? The kids are calling it these days. You would know better than I would, girl. I don't know. Yeah. I'll come back. But I know also you've already secured the the YouTube channel name. Oh yeah. Gizmos Gamer. I you have already the have the email, I have the the Twitch account. The Twitch account, the Twitter. Yeah, you got the Twitter account. I've got them all. You got them all. When I started, I locked it all down just in case, you know. Gizmo gets big. So we're just going to start a podcast <laughs> empire and, you know, between Otaka Brothers and Gizmo's Game Room and yeah. 
between you, Ryan, and I, we're just going to take over the internet. There you go. Let's do it. It's going to be great. Starting today. Can't wait for that. But at risk of boring the people with too much live talk, let's transition once again to uh, the games that we've been playing recently. I know you mentioned a little earlier in the show that as you've taken a break from the Instagram stuff, you've had more time to play games, but you also started a new job, moved into a house, you still got the master stuff going on behind the scenes, so you don't have to go down the whole list. This doesn't have to be a Pete's Pete Door, you know, games I've been playing <laughs> recently segment from the all-gen gamer days, but... I am curious, you know, what are some of the the highlight games you've been playing over the past couple months? So I will highlight five. Whoa. Two that I started and haven't finished, and there's a reason behind that, and then three that I've really loved. Okay. Um, So the two that I started and haven't finished, um, one of which is Last of Us. Mm. So I've been wanting to get more into PlayStation games. Um, specifically PS4, since you have the PS5 upstairs, I have full reign of the PS4. Um, so I thought, you know, it's such a loved game. I'll try it out. Mm-hmm. And I loved watching you and, and Ryan a little bit too play the game. So I thought I'd try it for myself. And I just, I'm not good with any like pop scare, scary, like suspense stuff. So it, it didn't really click for me, but I think I'd love the story. So I think I'm better at watching mm-hmm. and enjoying those games. Um, so I want to go back and finish it eventually, but haven't haven't had a chance to. Um, and the other one that I really liked that I started and then for some reason stopped was Spyro. Oh, it which, was, which one? The Reignited Trilogy? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to, now that we have it on Switch, play it on Switch. Okay. Because... That's just my console. I just love it. Yeah, I mean, it hurts a little bit inside that you're not going to get those three platinum trophies, but, you know, priorities or whatever. I feel like trophies are just addictive, so, and I'm I'm preaching to the choir here. Hey, I have a very <laughs> healthy relationship with my PlayStation trophies, mm-hmm. okay? Okay, yeah. Very healthy. Um, sure. Um, what were you playing the other day to get a trophy? We what need to talk game? about it. It's not on my <laughs> list of games game. that we're playing today, so. Um, anyway, proves my point, but... Yeah, I, I really like that game. I just haven't... I got to one of the, like, speed run portions of it where you have to go and, like, do everything in a timed environment, and I just am not a big fan of that. Those tend to be the levels that people hate most, including myself. Like, whenever yeah. I have those levels, I just throw up a little YouTube video, and it's just like, all right, this video is a minute and 30 seconds. They're going to show me how to get everything in this level, and then I'm out of here because I don't like those either. Do you know how I solved the problem? You turned off the game, probably. No, I handed the controller to you and said, please, please fix. Oh, well, that'll solve the problem, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, that game I stopped. Um, the three games that I've really loved, the first was Stardew Valley. Oh, yeah. Um, so I've always been a fan of, of very similar games like that. Like Harvest Moon is what I grew up with and just loved, loved, loved. And then things like Animal Crossing and little farming sims. And so actually the people in the gaming community on Instagram recommended that I play Stardew Valley because it's very similar to Harvest Moon. Um, and... A lot of people in the gaming community grew up with that one instead of Harvest Moon. So I tried it out and I must have put, I don't know, 100 hours into it. I played that game every night before bed, every every day during my lunch break. I just, yeah, I was addicted. Yeah. Um, Great soundtrack. I've never really been able to get into the farming simulator games. I'm trying to even think of any of them that I might have played growing up. I, I played Farmville on uh, I don't know if that Facebook. Counts. Played that a little bit. That was good times. And outside of that, what's that? A for effort. Yeah. Yeah, I would say S tier for effort. But um, yeah, I tried Stardew. I played it for maybe an hour and I just couldn't get into it. I'd really like to because 
you know, Madden and FIFA and sports games of that nature, typically my kind of go-to veg out, relax, zero effort to play type games. But I would like to get into a rhythm of playing one of the farming sims. And we have a number of them now on Switch. Yeah, and it's not for everyone. I would recommend more... um Oh gosh, even like Sakuna for you. Farming is a very small portion of it and there's more combat and it's it's just a lot of fun. I feel like the strictly farming games are not for you. I think you'd get bored with them very easily, but I don't know. There's something about them that I find really relaxing. We also have Rune Factory 4, right? Rune Factory, you yeah. really like Rune Factory also. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, well, maybe someday. I, I think you're right. I don't know if I... The, the tedious nature of those types of games, if I could sit there and water my flowers for like 400 hours like a lot of people can, I can't do that. I yeah. just, I need to like have a sword and hit a bunch of goblins yeah. in between, you know, watering my lilies. And like so. story, story of seasons probably isn't for you either. Um, but yeah, something like Ruin Factory 4 would be good because there is a combat portion of it. Um, and Sukuna, you don't have like marriage proposals and all of that like you do in Harvest Moon and stardew valley Mm -hmm. um so that's not the focus which i don't know i i like that it's not the focus in sakuna because i just want to i don't know garden and the fun thing about sakuna is you only you you don't have like actual weapons you only use ancient like japanese farming tools that's pretty sweet as your weapons okay which is cool Sakuna yeah. of Rice and Ruin, I yeah. think is the name yeah, of the one. Yeah, you just farm rice. Yeah. And then you go and you explore and you have to basically like, not to give the whole plot away, but I don't know how many people listening to this podcast is actually going to play it, but it's actually really cool. So you're basically like cast out, you're, you're a goddess and you're cast out um, for basically being disrespectful. And then you have to live amongst humans and um, like rid the land of like demons and creatures. While you casually farm for rice. That sounds like my kind of game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very strange. Very like cool. It. So Stardew got some Last of Us in there. Nice variety. Yeah. And then um, the next one that I've been playing, and I'm wearing a shirt to represent it too, Heck yeah. is Okami, um, which has been a great little game. So I've been playing it on Switch. And the really cool thing is like, I'm very similar to Ryan in the sense that I love oil painting and he actually taught me to oil paint. Um, but this game in particular, you can use a paintbrush and like use that as a weapon. So you can basically pause the game and paint like a little bomb and the bomb will go off or you can paint like a slash across your, your enemy and it'll like slash them. That's awesome. So, yeah. You can, you can draw a bridge and a bridge will appear. So it's not everything, but you can use it to your advantage. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I have not played Okami. I recently bought it on PS4, kind of around the same time frame that you bought it on Switch. Yeah. I got super Um, excited. We kind of tend to do that. I'll, I'll get a certain game on PlayStation and to kind of compliment that you'll get it on Switch Mm -hmm. so that if we do kind of cross paths in that way, we can kind of be playing the game at the same time. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I did get Okami HD on PS4. I've not played it yet. I know it's such a beloved, I wouldn't say series, but game in general. I think it originally was on the PS2. And then what I did end up playing was Okamiden on the DS hmm. back in the day. I've that was a great game. It is very Zelda-like, but I do love the the watercolor aesthetic of the world. Um, and of course, in Okamiden, you're playing as Amaterasu's little pup, oh. I believe. And so you play as like a little, um, just a little... Yeah, a little dog. It's a wolf, right? A little wolf, Yeah. yeah. And then Okami, I think, is 
I guess the precursor to that game. I, I sound so uneducated as it relates to Okami right now, but I'm not really sure. I don't know. I think to enjoy something, you don't necessarily need to be an expert in all of the details. I know Ryan would probably disagree, but I'm okay loving something even if I don't know all the background and the creators. Lauren over here, keep me honest, keep mm-hmm. me in check. Uh, I agree I with love you. It. Yeah, yeah, but I'm glad you like Okami. Yeah. How, how about how far are you into that game then? Oh gosh, maybe ten to fifteen hours. Okay, it is so a meaty I'm game. Like, yeah, I think it's about. Well, in, in the beginning, I had a hard time knowing what to do next. Um, it's not quite as intuitive as like you should go here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just started exploring, and that's why I have a trouble in open world games because if I don't know where I'm going to go, I'm just going to explore and figure stuff out. Um, which ends up turning a game into like a much longer experience. So Okami, then I had to pull up a guy just like, where the heck do I go next? And then it got me back on the right track. Do you have a right map in, the, in that game? Like, can you actually put a way marker to say like, I need to go over here. My, um, my next mission or objectives over there. So there is a map and it shows you basically everything in your region that needs to be done. But it doesn't say like you need to go here. Okay. But in the beginning stages where you're like learning the ropes and helping the first town, it doesn't say like, this is these are the people that you need to help so you kind of just have to go and talk to everyone and then if they specifically ask you to do something you just have to do it mm. before you can move on to like actually being able to utilize the map okay i got so, you i got you i'm following yeah and then the last game you'd be proud of me um i'm always on, proud of you stop it <laughs> thanks um is on the ps4 and it's ratchet and clank heck yeah so that one i'm actually liking a lot more than i um expected to i don't know i'm I don't play a ton of games. I'm very, like, selective in my games mm-hmm. to make sure that, like, you know, I want to finish them. So I want to really enjoy them. Yeah. Um, so Ratchet & Clank, I started. And if you've ever seen the movie Megamind, it's kind <laughs> of similar. Um, and there's just, like, a good sense of humor in the game. And it plays kind of like a movie with all the, like, little cutscenes. Yeah. So it's been really enjoyable. I need to get back to it. I don't know how many hours I've put in, but... It's a pretty short game, too. To um Ratchet and Clank from 2016, you're playing the PS4 game, runs super well. Of course, they recently had a patch for PS5 that makes makes it run at 60 frames per second. But even still, like, I recently beat it um, on PS5 with the 60 frames patch, but even watching you play on PS4, it still looks so nice. And I'd much rather play it on PlayStation 4 and before, like, ever playing it on PS5 because I don't know the difference in the frames per second right now, and yeah. I'm happy with that. Like, if I play the New Kingdom Hearts and then go back and play the original, I'm going to say, well, this is terrible, but I just want to start, <laughs> shots fired, but I want to start at the beginning and then see the progression. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really, really hard to go back, you know. So, I'm with you. No, I'm yeah. with you. I'm enjoying it. Um, love the story. Maybe I'll play that this afternoon when you guys are doing your Otaku Brothers game night. That'd be awesome. Be yeah. Fun. I mean... Again, it's about an eight to ten hour game. It, it like it's said, it kind of plays out like a Pixar film story wise, and there's just such a fun little arsenal of weapons to use in that game too. Yeah, yeah, I've been exploring. I I definitely have the ones I prefer, but yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Cool. So yeah, what what games? Have that's you the been list. Playing? That's wow. Yeah, that's my that, list. That's a that's a Pete Door lengthy list of games. Well, you've I haven't been, been on since last September. I could I could go through all like twenty of them. But... Hey, we got all day to talk. All <laughs> no, right, so. Okay. You want to keep going, but no. otherwise, yes, I've been playing some pretty dang good video games in the past week. Following up what I was talking about last week, I have made significant progress in Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think last week I was maybe, I just started 
the first chapter. I didn't even I don't even think I finished the first chapter when you blow up the the Mako reactor. And so I am now I think I just wrapped up chapter 8 last night, which is further than what I made it last year when I was playing on the PS4. I mean, you've you've seemed really happy when you come downstairs and, you know, always playing Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these things since I haven't played it go over my head, but I'm sure I'm sure the friends of the show will appreciate them. Oh yeah, no doubt in my mind. And you know, I've played a lot of RPGs in my time and a lot of JRPGs specifically. And I think one of the telltale signs of a great JRPG is... Well, you wait, know, let me guess. Okay. It's, you go to the other side of the map six times and collect orbs and then it's like 120 hours and then the story is all like counterintuitive. That's what makes it... No, that's the garbage JRPG. that will cause me to turn off the video game and never play it again. I don't know. That's a lot of the ones I've played, but yeah. I still love them. Yeah. Well, you've played some good ones. Yeah. And you'll probably be able to, you know... Um, I don't know. I put like 90 hours into Dragon Quest. So well, that game just never ends. That. Dragon yeah. Quest Eleven needs that to just relax. That one ruins me. Yeah. yeah. But one of my favorite things in certain JRPGs, doesn't always happen, but you just become... I wouldn't even say addicted, but just so in love with the area that you're mm-hmm. in, whether it's yeah. a city, it's a dungeon, it's a town, it's a village, wherever you are, you never want to leave. Not only because the music that plays there, but just what's going on story-wise. You're like yeah, afraid to progress fair. because you don't want to, you don't want it to end. Mm-hmm. And that's how Final Fantasy VII Remake has been, you know, um, certainly when you're kind of in the initial um area that's not super exciting but you eventually make your way and i don't think i'm spoiling anything significant here but you're in this little employee housing district and there's just this little subtle music playing it's nighttime everyone's kind of tucked into their houses and it just seems like even with all the chaos going on in the world everything just seems so at peace yeah and i could, I could imagine not wanting to leave that Yeah, that's great. And then without, again, I I do want to tiptoe around spoilers. I know a lot of people have played Final Fantasy VII. I do know of a key thing that happens towards the end of the game. But in terms of the actual events of the story, how it all plays out, what ends up happening in the end outside of a particular moment, I'm completely blind with the game. Mm -hmm. So I feel fortunate in that respect. And so I would never want to spoil it for anyone else because I do know that there are some people that listen to this podcast that plan to play it, Ryan being one of them, that would not want the events of this game spoiled. So very high level. I think it's around chapter seven. Uh, You're playing as Cloud, spoilers, and you kind of find yourself in a church. And the scene that plays there, if you interact with a particular person, it kind of progresses the story. And I kind of just... It was one of those beautiful moments when you're playing a game where you kind of just sit there, you set the controller down, you listen to the music, and you kind of just enjoy the moment knowing that, you know, once you kind of set things in motion, you're going to be leaving that area and the game's going to progress. And it was just such a wonderful moment to just sit there, a particular character theme plays, and it was just so beautiful. Mm. But anyways, after that moment, it got even better because you and this character are kind of just making your way across these rooftops to get, uh, you know, kind of away from the enemy. And it's just this beautiful, romantic, there's just such a purity and sense of innocence to the whole scene. Um, it was just really good. And now I know why, why certain people that listen to this podcast uh, are so in love with some of the characters in this Final Fantasy VII game. Especially I mean, it seems, back like to the really, seems like a really charming game. Um, I haven't played, I think, any of them, but from what I've seen, it sounds like I would fall in love with them too. 
There's you charming characters. I don't know if it's a charming story necessarily. There are some very lighthearted moments, very beautiful moments. Um, but the thing that's been really neat is that last year, leading up to the release of Final Fantasy VII Remake, I did my best to, you know, Ryan and I kind of committed ourselves that, you know, we were going to play the entirety of the original game on the PlayStation 1 before we were going to jump into Remake. And I made it through about five or six, seven hours into the original game. And I've started this game so many times. And it's not to the, the game's quality that I haven't finished or played it to completion. It's just my own um, inability to play some um, some games to completion sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Um, but what's been great is that I've yet to get to a point in Remake where I've made it beyond where I made it in the original game, if that makes sense. And so everything that played out in the original game, I'm now seeing come to life in the remake version of Final Fantasy VII, which has been awesome because you're walking through these cities or there'll be a particular piece of dialogue from a character and I make the connection of when it happened in the original game since I'm not far removed from it. I played, you know, Final Fantasy VII like last spring or whatever. So it's been really kind of, it's been really cool to kind of connect the dots. And I know this is part one of who knows how many parts before remake is the entirety of the original game. So I'm looking forward to once remake, once I wrap on remake, I'm going to go back to the original game and probably play it to completion. Hopefully this year, we'll see what happens. And uh, I guess it's a little unfortunate in the sense that I don't think we're going to have the whole remake package for... If I had to guess, we probably won't have that game finished until the PlayStation 6 is out. Maybe well into the life cycle of the PlayStation 6, which is a little frustrating. It is so fun, though, to just watch you... And regardless, not necessarily this game, but some of the other games, just to watch you relive some of your childhood memories, even Mm -hmm. like when um, the new Kingdom Hearts came out, you were just like a kid in a candy store. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like you were experiencing it for the first time. So I can't even imagine people who did grow up with Final Fantasy being able to relive these moments in like 4K, basically just like, it's probably a dream come true. Oh, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, I think the equivalent for me would probably be something like the original Kingdom Hearts. I, It's been remastered so many times, yeah. you know, on PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, and I've gone back and revisited it so many times, and it never gets old for me, you know, um, you know, washing oh, up know. to Destiny. I know. You know, being on Destiny Islands and collecting all the items to, to build your ship and things like that, but I can't imagine if something like Kingdom Hearts did come out on the PlayStation 1, mm-hmm. we didn't get remastered versions over the past 20 years and it was remade for current generation. And then you just walk in and you hear the music from Traverse Town and you're just walking oh the streets. Like, wouldn't you just, your heart would melt. I'd be in tears, for yeah. sure. I mean, I'm in tears when I revisit it and it hasn't been remade from the ground yeah. up. So, yeah. let alone if I see kind of the sprite work, polygonal gla- graphics of the PS1 remade to current day where the game looks just absolutely stunning on the yeah. PlayStation 5. My word. Yeah, I, Especially with like the DualSense controller and everything else, you just feel like you're there. And what I'd like to do, because this would be a perfect example of experiencing that through someone else, is I I did my best to not watch any of Pete Doerr's streams when he was playing mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII Remake because he is someone who holds Final Fantasy VII in high regard. It was one of the first RPGs that he really got into. And so, and I know he played through the entirety of Remake on stream, which is unusual for him because he tends to try and be able to wrap up a game in one to two streams. And this took him like, you know, however many streams it took him because it's a 30 plus hour game. Yeah, no, I'm sure it was worth it to him too. And just to be able like, 
similar to people being able to watch you play Journey, like mm. to see someone else, and you've played a couple other games when you were streaming from, you know, start to end in the same stream, but that one was emotional for you, and that one left a lasting impact for you or on you. And so for people to be able to experience that, like a game that they love, experience it along with you while you're playing it for the very first time, there's something so cool about that. And I think that's why you like to try to watch me play games that you love, even when I started Kingdom Hearts. Like, you just want to watch me play it. Mm-hmm. And I get nervous and I click the wrong buttons when I, you know, am being watched. But it's so fun because I, I think that's something that we can, you know, do together. And you mm-hmm. like to coach me when I'm, you know, flying around a Spyro and, and not meeting the time requirements and everything. But it's it's fun to be able to experience that along with someone yes um especially when they're seeing it for the first time well that's the beauty of it and i love doing that with movies right and i've watched a number of my favorite movies with you for the first time obviously i couldn't do that with lord of the rings because i'm a big fan you're already a big fan but yeah playing a game with someone for the first time and when someone just gets it because you're always looking for the reaction to a particular moment and when they have a similar reaction emotionally that you had when you first played that game or first saw that movie it's like you're reliving it again through that person's experience even when we watched um the new Cruella movie together Mm. and you I didn't pick up on it but the names of the characters um from the original 101 Dalmatians movie and then how they were incorporated into Cruella um when you made that connection, like that was huge. I just a light bulb went off for me and it made it so much better. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You're absolutely right. So yes, I'm very much looking forward to playing this game to completion. Like I said, I just wrapped up chapter eight without going into spoilers territory of what happened. I won't say anything. If you've played remake, you know exactly where I'm at. I'm about halfway through chapter wise, but I think some of the later chapters are much more significant in length than some of the earlier chapters. So I'm taking my time with it. I'm doing as many side quests as I possibly can, interacting with the NPCs. I mean, they did not half-ass this game at all. There is so much intricate detail that went into the world building, the towns, the cities, being able to walk into diners and interact with a jukebox to play music, buy items, talk to people at the bar. Like, it's just remarkable how much detail that went into this. And, And Not even having the nostalgic ties to the original game, I can only imagine as you were getting at what it was like for people going through this game, reliving a childhood memory, you know, 20 plus years later. Can't even imagine. I am looking forward to going back and watching Pete Door play. And there's already been certain moments with the game that have been really significant for me and memorable. So I can only imagine going to YouTube and typing in like, you know, opening Final Fantasy VII Remake reaction type of deal and just seeing people who who are very fond of the game to see their reactions too. So, Seven Remake is amazing. More impressions probably in the next several weeks because it will take some time for me to kind of get through this one. But uh, looking forward to playing more. Well, good. So. Yeah, I'm glad you're excited about it. And then the other game that I have uh, here that I've been playing this week, um, I mean, I played some more Madden, played my typical stuff that I play late at night, but... One of my most anticipated games coming into this year, uh, which I don't think we knew about it coming into the year, actually. I think it was one of the Nintendo Directs in the spring when we got word that Mario Golf Super Rush was coming. 
Oh, yeah. You were oh. super excited about that one. Oh, my goodness. I'm such a big fan of the Arca- Arcady golf games. I talked a lot about it last week, so I won't go into all of the backstory about why these games are special to me, but big, big, big fan of the Hot Shots golf games on the PS2, PSP, and PlayStation Vita. And Mario Golf is just such a perfect experience to have portably. I mean, most games that come to the Switch are great to have portably, but I think Mario Golf, especially during the summer months, it's just so complimentary complimentary to the warmer weather, sitting out on the deck, having a nice beer, playing a couple rounds of golf. And I was a little surprised and a little worried, I guess I would say, uh, when the review embargo went up late this week, it got anywhere from like a 5 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10. People just like to be mad about something. I mean... I love the Switch because I can just put on a show or a movie and still get a good gaming experience. Um, It's rare that I hook my Switch up and actually play it on the TV um, and dock it. But yeah, Mario Golf seems like the perfect game just to relax, hang out, play like before bed or outside or whatever it is, but not cooped up like having to be in front of your TV. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm so glad that you have it now. Yeah, me too. And the best thing I think about these types of games, Hot Shots Golf included, is that you don't have to have any interest in the actual sport itself Mm. to find this game fun. It's very newcomer friendly. You know, typically there's like a three button click system where you click once to start your shot, you click again to kind of gauge the overall power, and then the third click is just the impact. So how straight is the ball going to end up going? Mario Golf is a little bit different. I won't get into the intricacies. It's like a two-button click system, if you will, but it's super simple. There's a lot of tutorials to kind of walk you through uh, how to actually hit the ball. And then for those that really get into it, you know, you can put spin on the ball, you can curve it, you can do all of these fancy little things. But even for me with the Hot Shots games, I never really got into all of that nuance. I kind of just stuck to the three button click system. Uh, you also have to take into account um, wind and weather effects, things of that nature, but it's all super newcomer friendly. I cannot stress that enough. And the kind of, I guess, twist with what is it called? Mario Golf Super Rush. And it was something that, you know, over the course of the past couple of months, there's been a number of trailers and I didn't know how fun it would actually be is this new mode called Speed Golf. Hmm. And so I've played about an hour and a half, two hours or so I played earlier this afternoon and I went right into the story mode. So the cool thing about Mario Golf Super Rush is finally Camelot has brought the story mode back. I think the last golf game Mario Golf game that I got really into was Mario Golf on the Game Boy Advance. Okay. Was a big fan of that one. And I really loved the story mode in that because there were kind of light RPG mechanics Hmm. where you kind of created a character based on the tournaments and how successful you were. You had a number of attributes that you could kind of upgrade like overall power, spin on the ball, things like that. Was that the janky one that I watched you play where like people would just be like awkwardly staring off into the distance while you put like on the beach? What was that game? <laughs> that was everybody's golf on PS4. <laughs> it looked like little like wee little me characters. Yeah. Like and they were just super janky. Yeah. yeah everybody's golf funny. is great. Um, I mean, it looked like a great game. I just I couldn't get over it. It made me laugh. It is a little funny. Yeah. And Mario Golf is different because instead of, you know, weird me looking characters from the Nintendo Wii days or even the Switch... It's all Mario-related characters. Yes. So you have Goombas and Koopas and I mean, your toads. dad was, like, super excited um, when you showed him the trailer. He's like, oh, my gosh, I can be Mario. Oh, my gosh, I can be Bowser. Oh, my gosh, there's Peach. Mm-hmm. He was just, like, 
super excited that it's not just a generic set of like little characters. They're actually characters that, you you know, we all grew up with. Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. So I kick off story mode. You just use kind of whatever your me character is for that's tied to your Switch account. And I guess my biggest complaint so far is that it's super dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. Like they were trying to kickstart this ridiculous story at the the forefront of uh, starting story mode. And I'm like, listen, I literally just want to hit a ball on a golf course. So the faster we get there, the better. I just mash the A button a bunch. And then they walk you through kind of a number of tutorials. And then walk you th- once you walk through a couple of those, then you finally get to start a tournament. And you can play, you know, your traditional 9 to 18 holes, take your time. And typically what happens is you tee your ball off, you hit it, it goes in the fairway, goes in the rough, wherever it goes. And then you kind of just teleport to wherever your ball lands, mm, right? That's nice. So you can do that. Or, as I was getting at earlier, there's now speed golf. And at first, I thought I was going to hate this because you start off, you're playing with like two to three other um, AI-controlled people that you're going off against. So I was in a tournament with like, I think, Yoshi and a Toad. And so you tee off, it counts down to three. So it's like three, two, one, go. And you have to finish the hole in like a minute and 30 seconds. Oh, wow. And I was like, I don't know if I like this. So you tee off, you hit your ball, and then it kind of zooms in on your character. And now you hold the B button and you have to run to wherever your ball lands. <laughs> so the ball could still literally be in the air, you know, falling. It's like Mario Kart with golf. Lands like, on the thing and then you run to your ball. But yeah, like it kind of yeah, is because you, you can like sprint. run into the character and slow them down. Can you throw bananas? You can't throw banana peels. Well, I mean, they're biodegradable, right? At least at this point. So we'll see if that... You know, if there's a change later on the I game. I just think that's fun because I think it gets people out of, like, needing to be perfect. Like, with precision games, and it's probably a stretch to say, like, Mario Golf is a precision game. But no, you want to be though. a little yeah. perfect, you know, with it because you want to get in the hole. Exactly. And having something that's very timed like that and similar to a race, which you never do in golf. Like, that's just not the sport. Um, it's fun because it gets people out of, like, I need to be perfect. You just... If it takes you three putts, it takes you three putts, but you got it done the quickest. And so for a generation that I think, you know, it may, might be a little OCD or focus on perfectionism, like it's nice to just have it be fun and rushed a little bit and kind of chaotic rather than needing to be, you know, spot on. But then you can switch back and you can have traditional golf, but it makes me want to pull out my golf clubs and actually use them. Yeah. Well, and that's been the fun thing too, right? Is that because you're on a timer, you're not so worried about making sure you line up your ball perfectly, taking into the weather effects, you know, into account. Just hit it and you run. You, yeah, exactly. You just, just hit just it, go. you run. The frenetic pace of it just makes it that much more fun. And and honestly, like, you know, if I have a, a spare 30 minutes to play, you know, maybe I'd get through six, seven holes. Yeah, it's fine. Typically, now I can play 18 holes and I might have time <laughs> for minutes. more. Yeah. You know, so I love the kind of quicker pace of it all. Definitely kind of adds like a... Man, you don't hesitate. You just hit the ball and you run. So great addition. I think it's the best thing to happen to the Mario Golf series to date. And it's also going to make playing online with friends that much more fun too. Yeah. Uh, And especially my dad. Now, my dad's someone that when we used to play hot shots on PSP, it was like, dad, hit the damn ball and let's move on. Like, because (laughs) I have to wait for him to hit his ball before I can, you know, hit mine. So this will kind of, I think, force him a little bit to just like that. Don't worry about hitting the perfect ball. Just hit it. And then wherever it lands, uh, that's... 
that's the hand you're dealt. And I and I think you'll be more comfortable just hopping on even if it is 15 minutes, you mm-hmm. know, because it's not as much of a time commitment or like a stress to be like, well, I need to get it perfect. You just get on, you hit a little bit and you, you have some fun. Yeah, exactly. So if you're on the fence about buying Mario Golf Super Rush, again, if if you've played previous games in the series and you really love them, I think this is a no-brainer. I was really upset with the 3DS Mario Golf game because there was no story mode. There was only like four or five courses. I don't remember there being DLC. There probably was. I just never got around to playing it. And then there was no unique way of playing rounds like the Speed Golf. I think with the return of story mode, with the addition of Speed Golf, they've really... They've, they've definitely gone out of their way to make this entry feel a little bit more unique. And so whether you're a longtime Mario Golf fan or you're a newcomer, I think this is a perfect summer game, very arcadey in nature, and it's just a lot of fun to play with friends. So definitely worth picking up uh, in my eyes and certainly something that I'm going to be playing for the rest of this year and probably well into next because uh, it's always easy, easy to play a pickup game of golf. Yeah, we so. uh, we need to get out on the course and do it in real life. That we you know, do. the last that time... You guys, you and Ryan went out, you guys like made crazy noises and just had fun with it. So it was basically the equivalent of speed run golf too. Like yeah. your dad and, and my dad, they were playing the traditional golf where they're very, you know, accurate and you and Ryan were just hitting it and having fun. We're just there to have fun. Yeah. yeah. So good. But yeah, Mario Golf Super Rush, highly recommend, doesn't disappoint. Actually, the only thing that does, does disappoint me is that the music is very forgettable. Really? Which is a big bummer because That's a big thing for you. Mario Golf on the N64 and GameCube Toadstool Tour had really terrific soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of just the music is there. It's kind of behind the scenes. So yeah. it's it's perfect for it's me. It's a perfect excuse for me to throw on a podcast or Twitch stream while I play. But it is disappointing that I'm not going to really remember the Mario Golf music for Super Rush outside of... Uh, I mean, to be fair, if you're out on a green, you're just going to be listening to the crickets and like the wind anyway so maybe they're trying to go along with like traditional golf noises but it would have been nice if they give you a little bit of a, a beat to it yeah they didn't try very hard but you're right there are some ambient noises you do hear the critters in the background so yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate stick up for him a little bit going for it i guess but yeah Mario this is golf. someone's life work okay yeah, yeah it is you're right <laughs> give him some credit give him some credit
Alright, Lauren, we are back. We are going to get into the main topic of the show. We tease it at the top of the show. We are going to be returning to the Memory of Melodies segment that Ryan and I kickstarted a couple weeks back. So if you're unfamiliar with Otaku Brothers or what we did a couple weeks ago, first of all, I recommend you go back and listen to that episode. I, I think it was called Dark Cloud and the Doorknobs. I'm going to trust you on that one. I think that's what I ended up calling that one. But go and check that episode out. Ryan and I picked some really awesome tunes to listen to. But that was the per- fun. You yeah, liked it? Because it was like summer related, right? For your first one? Yeah, look at you. It was you. all themed. Listening to my yeah. podcast. I mean, I have to support. Appreciate I that. enjoy it. Yeah. So um, the purpose of the Memory of Melodies segment is to not only play some good tunes, but the whole purpose of it is to tie those songs to actual memories that's where the memory piece comes in the melody is the actual song and one thing i do want to preface it by saying is that it it doesn't have to be a banger of a song and uh quick side note mine are not bangers okay like because of the topic that i'm sure you're you'll share in a minute Uh like they're just they're not necessarily like our greatest hits and top 10 favorite songs of all time, but they have memories from our childhood tied to them. So that's what makes them special to us. Exactly. So for the theme of this one, you know, we were kind of going back and forth. We didn't, we thought about just not having a theme and just saying like, hey, whatever song you want to play from any game, just do it, you know? But then we started thinking about your love of the Switch and then growing up, your love of the Game Boy Advance, the Nintendo DS, the 3DS. Oh, yeah. And then I'm I thought, a big fan of handhelds. Yeah. So I thought, what if we just kind of did a handheld nostalgic goodness episode? So basically songs from handheld gaming devices that remind us of our childhood. Could be the original Game Boy. Could be the Sega Game Gear. I know you have a couple of those. I think you were a big fan of the Gizmondo. Um, that's where I derived my name. Yeah. I figured it was. Yeah. (laughs) We've got the N-Gage. There's no shortage of handheld devices out there. So similar to when Ryan and I did this, we each picked three songs, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And could be from any handheld device from any time in our lives, but I don't want to go first. Well, well, from our childhood, right? Because I didn't pick any Switch games. Oh, yeah. Thank you for the call out there. These are childhood games of mine. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't want to start. So why don't you tee things <laughs> can, up for uh, our first song here? Why, I'll why tee is this, things up. Why is this thing references so sp- to golf. Look at that. Sorry, I wasn't even trying to do get that. Back in. Yeah. Um, it's really warm in this room, so I'm starting to get kind of goofy. But um, so again, these aren't necessarily bangers, but they're fun songs. So it's all this, matters. this first one, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but. Um, I played a lot of the Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance growing up, Um, and one of the games that I just loved, partially because I love dogs, um, is 101 Dalmatians. So this game was Puppies to the Rescue on the Game Boy Color, Mm. and this song is like really 8-bitty, if that's a word. That's a thing. Yep, we're pointing it right here. Sure. Um, But... I don't know. I just, I loved that movie growing up. And so this is like a little 2D platformer game. Um, You just hop around as one of the dogs and you're basically trying to free the other 100 Dalmatians, um, little puppies. So you have to avoid Corella and she, you know, tries to throw things at you in her little car and tries to capture you. But there's little like barking sounds that you make and 
And the clip that I have for us to listen to today doesn't have the barking noises, but um, it's just a fun, cute little game and, yeah, has a lot of special memories. Well, you, growing up, too, were a huge fan of Dalmatians, like the actual dog breed, and I'm sure that stemmed from watching and loving the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely from 101 Dalmatians. I mean, I wasn't really a fan of, like, Barbies and dolls and stuff growing up, but I had a lot of stuffed animals, and a lot of them were dogs. And my mom got me a little set of, like, these plastic 101 Dalmatian little, like, hard rubber toys. And I'd play with them every day, like, when I was really young. And I just always loved them. And so when that game came out, it was a natural fit. So... Yeah, I definitely had Ryan beat some levels for me, but you'd collect bones and you'd have to go and find keys to to release the dogs from their little kennels. Um, yeah, it was fun. And I think they came out with with a sequel and it was the little like, oh, I forget her name, but the little white dog without any spots. Mm. Um, so you play as her too. I think I have both of these games on the PS1 Ooh. and I'm pretty sure I have both of them, the cart only on the Game Boy Color. I would love to revisit those. One of them I have the box for. So you'll have to check to see if it's the puppies go to space or whatever you, whatever <laughs> the name of this game is. So not really sure, but uh, does the song play the rescue puppies, the rescue? Yeah. Okay. Does the song play at any particular memorable moment in the game or just a song that you, you have your fondness for? Um, so I couldn't find like a really good section of the game. So this is the main screen, which also plays throughout the majority of the game. Okay. Well, so, what do you say we take a listen? It's really 8-bitty. Hey, yeah. we love the 8-bitty around here. Let's take a listen. <laughs> What do you think? I felt like we're a little carnival or something. Just imagine like little woofs and roughs in it. I, that, I think that, that's blah, blah, blah. I can't talk. I think that's probably the best way to describe it is it does seem very carnival-esque. Yeah. It seems yeah. like you're at the carnival. And one of two things to point out. So I think you said 101 Dalmatians. And then while we were listening to it together, you made the, the correction that it was actually 102 uh, Dalmatians puppies to the rescue. I wonder if that's the PS1 music though, because yeah, it probably that is. doesn't sound 8 bitty to me. Yeah, sounds maybe a little I did PS1 one. But um, that was just terrific. That was anyway, a great choice. I, c- I could find in-game play of the Game Boy Color, and then I found the main menu one. And anyway, good enough. No, that was perfect. What are you talking about? Yeah, like I had fun. I. You know, most of my PS1 collection is just a bunch of Disney jank ass platformer <laughs> games. So, well, we're a match made in heaven. Then. We are. Oh I my mean, goodness. we went to our, you know, on our honeymoon to Disney. So that we did. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a great choice because... That was so much fun. We actually got a little Dalmatian at Disney, like a little figurine thing. Not anything special. It was like one of those little packages that you open and it's a mystery figurine and oh, one of yeah. them was little Dalmatian, a little dude. Dalmatian. The only reason I remember that is because my Snapchat story was like, four years ago, you went on your honeymoon or three years ago, you went on your honeymoon and these were the... Uh, these were the memories. So <laughs> the, we took a video. The, those of, are the videos that we yeah. took. Yeah. Us opening up mystery Disney figure packages. We had fun. We did. That well, it's funny good. because I think one of our wedding gifts, because people knew that that's where we we're going for our honeymoon. Uh, my uncle got us a $50 gift card to like one of the stores um, in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. And we used that gift card to literally get, I think, a picture frame. Yeah, we got a really nice picture frame with like the signatures of all of the characters and their like special fonts. Yeah. So we have a picture of us in front of the Disney like castle in our little Mr. and Mrs. cutesy shirts. Yeah. Um, clearly, we were on our honeymoon. And then, um, yeah, the rest of it, we just spent on these little mystery like packages. Like 30 straight bucks, just mystery packages. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're responsible We've matured adults. significantly since then, I promise. Uh-huh. But uh, let's get into my first choice here. Yeah. So this is a game that... Speaking of dogs woofing, our dog is asleep behind us on the couch and he is chasing bunnies or something. And he's woofing in his sleep. He's growling now. Come on, bud. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Everything's going to be perfectly fine. Get the bone. Don't let the bunny take it from you. I think he's good now. All right. I don't know if I'm going to edit that or not. We will see. But my first selection is a game that I don't remember getting like at Christmas or for my birthday or anything. It's just a game that I remember playing with my sister all of the time growing up on her Game Boy Color. She had the paint kind of strawberry kiwi looking one and I had the teal blue Game Boy Color. And I still have a piece of computer paper that I took from my dad's printer growing up. And I folded it and crinkled it into like a number of different squares based on the game that the codes were for. Mm, Because back on the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, when you beat a level, you would get like a five to ten digit like string of letters and numbers to that you could enter so you wouldn't have to play that level again. Right. And so I have some of the codes for this game on there among many of my other Game Boy, Game Boy Color games growing up. Maybe uh, when I post this show, if I remember I'll post the picture in the Discord, but anyways, this is, I wouldn't even call it a platformer, it's more kind of just a adventure, walking simulator type of deal, uh, and it's Roger Rabbit, of course, based on the animated sort of live action film of the same name. My sister and I were tremendous fans of the movie growing up, so it only made sense that we eventually got uh, a Game Boy game tied to the movie itself. One of the things that I had no idea about as I was kind of prepping for the the show and researching things of that nature, I knew that there was a, an NES game called Roger Rabbit. Mm, right. I didn't know that it was actually developed by Rareware, so the same people that did, you know, Donkey Kong 64, oh, really? Banjo-Kazooie, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, all that good stuff. All of your favorite games. Ex- exactly. And so it's a, the Game Boy game is a completely different game. The one on NES, not only was it developed by Rare, but the soundtrack was composed by David Wise, mm-hmm. which we've right. mentioned him a gazillion times in this podcast. But anyways, I'm going on and on. The Game Boy game was developed and published by Capcom. 
And believe it or not, I know this is going to mean nothing to you, but I'm sure the listeners will be surprised. The lead designer on the game was Shin- Shinji Mikami. Yeah, that means nothing to me. Of Resident Evil 4, Evil Within, Dino Crisis, God Hand fame. Which, cool. T- I know it means nothing <laughs> to you, but just think of something as crazy, over-the-top, horror-related as Resident Evil 4. And then... Yeah, that's a total 180 for And that him. person getting his humble beginnings developing or at least designing Roger Rabbit for the original Game Boy. I wonder which he preferred, you know? Like, does he prefer horror? Or does he like the little, like, you know... He's kind of like Hideo Kojima in the fact that he just has a crazy-ass mind. Mm-hmm. And... Could probably do anything. And so I guess it sort of makes sense that he started with something like Roger Rabbit. But anyways, this was something that my sister and I were terrible at. We could not, for the life of us, get far in this game. So you better believe that we scribbled down those codes like nobody's business whenever we did eventually make it through a level. We never beat the game. I don't even know where our copy is anymore. I was actually looking on eBay trying to find copies. And uh, you can get the cart relatively inexpensive. But the actual box art for the game is, is actually really pretty nice. Well, and it's fun, too, that you got to experience that with your sister. Because she's not like a huge gamer, but she enjoys, or at least has talked about her memories, enjoying watching you play games. Mm-hmm. And so it's fun if you could actually, you know, do that with her and yeah. have those memories as well. Yeah, definitely. So I will say that this is a very 8-bitty type song. Not like my live 8-bitty. It was 8-bitty if I chose the right YouTube video for it, but I trust you that this one is more... Hey, I'm not I'm not riding you for that one. I mean, I, I really actually that like little that song. little PS1 carnival yeah, song. Yeah, it was a banger. It was. It was a certified <laughs> bop, all right? But uh, let's check out this. Uh, I think this is the menu screen for Roger Rabbit on the original Game Boy. Let's take a listen. You gotta love it. Love the kind of the jazzy nature of the tune. Oh yeah, and that one's like actually eight bitty. So <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Well, and I yeah, it was very jazzy, which I liked. Well, and the great thing about the song too is, you know, we only played a, a small clip of it. The YouTube video is like over five minutes long, <laughs> 
And that's the beauty of, you know, the Game Boy soundtracks, even the NES, how there's kind of just this distinct hook of a tune that's probably only about 15, 20, maybe 30 seconds. And it's just played on loop so much that it's impossible as a kid for that not to be ingrained into your brain. And this was one of those instances where I haven't played the game in probably 15 plus years. I certainly haven't heard any of the music in that long. So when I was prepping for the show, I was kind of sifting through my Game Boy cards, trying to find a game that really stuck with me. I didn't want to play like, you know, Pokemon Red or, or Blue just because that was such an easy choice. And I really wanted to kind of go out on a limb and try and find something from my childhood that maybe not everyone played. And I highly doubt that everyone that listens to this podcast is going to come to the table and say, oh yeah, Roger Rabbit, one of my most played Game Boy games. But yeah, it's totally a staple for everyone. Yeah, definitely one of the ones that I remember most fondly as a kid growing up playing. And so I, of course, was just overwhelmed with nostalgia when, you know, I was trying to find a song from the game. Obviously, the soundtrack isn't too robust. Um, but when I when I listened to the title title music, that was it set me back. It really put me back into, uh, you know, when I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old playing this game with my sister, whether we were on a long car ride, whether, whether we were just kind of hanging out at home. This is definitely one that takes me back to simpler times. Uh, playing games on my old teal Game Boy Color. So hopefully everyone got a kick out of that one and definitely pop into the Discord if any of these particular songs um, strike a chord with you. If you played something like 102 Dalmatians, Puppies to the Rescue, or Roger Rabbit on the Game Boy, that's part of the beauty of this segment is that not only are Ryan and I, Lauren and I having a chance to reminisce about these songs and the games we played growing up or even if it was a game we played recently, we hope it's also an opportunity for other people to reminisce and, you know, have a little bit of a nostalgia rush for something that, you know, kind of hits that little uh, nostalgic chord in your system. Well, another really good one. I don't have a song for it, but also puppy related that Ryan helps me a lot with um, was Barbie Pet Rescue. Mm. Again, I didn't really play with Barbies, but that was a really fun game. It was like you're on a bike and you have to like find the injured puppy and take it to the vet and everything. And he killed that game like he was so good and so he would write down all of the little um the codes when he would beat a level for me um and I would play the fun parts and then he would do all the difficult stuff because I'm two years younger so um I wasn't quite as advanced as him um but he brags about how good he was at Barbie Pet Rescue so you'll have to call him on it sometime I mean the 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 cool thing Lauren is that we're actually recording a podcast right now and you know Ryan's not here to defend himself so I can totally just call him out and say I don't know if that's something you want to brag about, bro. <laughs> Barbie Pet Rescue, probably not something you want to put on your resume, but I know he you're looking to leave secure with himself, your so. current role soon. So maybe maybe one of your uh, extracurricular skills, put that at oh, the, yeah. the bottom of your resume. Yeah. You never he know. Cares, he's, uh, you know. He cares for animals that he can put on his resume. Definitely. Well, why don't you, uh, you bring us home here with your uh, second pick? I know we got three songs, but I am curious. What's your next one? Yeah, so my next one, I spent so much time playing, and this was on the DS. I also had a blue DS, um, and it's a little game I like to call Harvest Moon. Oh. Um, so I went back and forth and listened to these songs so many times um, in preparation for the show, but there's a distinct soundtrack for spring summer fall and winter and then among other things you know like interacting with the little sprites and for town events there's different songs but I wanted to choose from the seasons because that's 
those are the songs that play the most. Um, and they're all so good. So if you have any interest in Harvest Moon, go back and listen to them. But I ended up choosing winter mm. because it's the season that I didn't have as much, obviously, like farm work and stuff to do. So I just explored the town and I just went and talked to people. So I have a lot of good memories just running around um, the town and collecting things, not with the tedious like farming of it, but this was the music that played a lot in the background when I would go into the mines and go ruin hunting. And yeah, just just a great song. Well, and I think one of the make or break things for farming simulator games or just simulation games in general is the music because you're doing what, like basically the same thing over and over again for potentially right. dozens or hundreds of hours. Oh, I pumped hundreds of hours in this game. Well, that's what I'm saying. So you look yeah. at something like RPGs, like if the battle music isn't good, that's a deal breaker for me because yeah. it's like, I'm going to be playing this game for 50 plus hours. And if the battle theme isn't getting me pumped and ready to go and beat up on some bad guys, then it's, I, I just, it's not going to work for me. And similar to a farming, farming simulator type game, like if I don't have some, you know, kick-ass tunes while I'm watering my, my plants. <laughs> well, and you give me a hard time because oftentimes I don't turn on my volume loud enough to really experience the music in the game. That does but upset me. Yeah, I know. But in this game, I, I did nothing else. I didn't watch TV. I didn't watch movies. I didn't listen to podcasts. I listened to the soundtrack. So that's why this one's very near and dear to my, to my heart. Okay, cool. What do you say we take a listen then? Let's do it. So I could listen to that all day. Um, But if you go back to anyone who's listening and go back and listen to each of the seasons, they all have very distinct soundtracks and I guess OSTs. Um, And so they have a feel for the actual season. So spring is very light and airy and like 
sounds of birds. Summer is, you know, settling in. Fall, you can almost imagine the leaves falling. And then winter is like a little nice cool bop. Um, So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, I really like it too. And even if you didn't tell me the season it was a part of, and I didn't obviously have the YouTube video up here for me to to play, I probably could have told you that it was winter because... And, and that's the amazing thing about, you know, composers and, and the way that they, you know, their compositions, they just know that there's certain instruments that they can use to evoke a feeling of a season mm-hmm. or, um, y- y- you know, evoke some type of emotional response. And whenever there was like the little clash of the cymbal, yeah. it just felt like, you know, snow was falling right? off a pine tree or yeah. something like that. And then that. like the, I almost felt like there were sugar plum fairies or something yeah. around the holidays that, I don't know, I just, I love that song. No, that's a it really makes good me choice. Go back and play it. I like it. And again, even if it wasn't a certified bop, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's tied to your uh, your memories playing growing up. Yeah, there we so, go. That's a good choice. And it was also seven minutes because it was just on loop, so I was like, stop it whenever. Yeah, but yeah. No, oh, I'll I'll figure I everything out and post. So, it's all good. Well, my second choice. Speaking of songs that some might not consider a certified bop, uh, I think it definitely is because it's a song that most people that are listening to this podcast are going to be familiar with. And it's actually a song from Super Mario World, uh, the Super Nintendo game. It's a game that I actually didn't play for the first time until I got the Game Boy Advance cart. Mm. And so the story kind of tied to really this this whole game um, is when I was about, gosh, I must have been about 12, 10 or 12 years old. My parents had already been divorced at this point. My dad had been remarried and my stepsister at the time uh, was in high school band. She was a flag girl. And I'm not sure if this is still the case, but at least I know when I was in high school and even in middle school, a lot of high school marching bands had the opportunity to actually perform in the Magic Kingdom at the Disney Park. And so she drove down with all of her bandmates and, you know, her teachers and things of that nature. And we didn't fly down. I don't even think i took a plane ride until I was probably 14, 15 years old. So we drove down with my dad, my stepmom, my sister and I, we were all in the car. And one of the best things about being in long car rides when you're growing up is bringing your Game Boy, maybe your portable DVD player, things like that. So I brought my Game Boy Advance. Uh, The games that I I was probably playing the most at the time were Pokemon Sapphire version Mm -hmm. and Super Mario Advance, I think two Super Mario World. And so this, again, was my first experience playing the game. Absolutely loved it. Um, was never really into the 2D platformer Mario games up to this point, just because I was so fond of the 3D platformers on the N64. The interesting thing about this whole trip is that we drive down, and my dad's kind of like your dad. If we're supposed to get somewhere in 15 hours, we tend to get there in, like, 10, because they're driving like a bat out of hell all oh, the time. yeah. Well... I think it was supposed to be about a 14, 15 hour drive to get from central Ohio down to Orlando, Florida. We get to, we enter the state of Florida. So we get to the top. I'm geographically challenged, so I can't tell you what city we drove into, but we get to the top of Florida and traffic is an absolute nightmare. Mm. And I want to say my dad's air conditioning like didn't work or something. I mean, it's, yeah. Anything with a long road trip, something has to go completely wrong. Yeah, because I just remember like literally stripping down to my boxers and I I distinctly remember this is like one of those weirdo childhood memories that you just remember 
vividly all of the details. You can kind of picture what was going on, your dad swearing in the front seat, <laughs> sweating profusely, and I stripped down like into now. my red Chicago Bulls boxers. <laughs> so it's strange that you still remember that. I just want to put a picture to people's minds here, oh okay? It's probably like 98 degrees. We're in Florida. We finally make it there, and traffic was just terrible like literally bumper to bumper so what should have been i don't know an hour or two to get from the top of the state down to orlando ended up being like a six hour thing Ugh, and florida is brutally humid too yeah. like it's not like a dry heat like arizona like you're down there and you're just breathing air like in water like it's just so so humid yep exactly so I remember we finally, after like six excruciating hours in the car, we get to our hotel and I didn't even wait. Like my dad checked in, we pulled up to our room. I didn't get the bags out because there was a pool kind of sitting central to the actual complex. So I just did a front flip right into the pool because I was at this point just disgusting. Like I'm sure everyone loved that in the pool. Sweet. Oh, they were just a sweaty kid. They were checking in. out the 12 year old kid with the Chicago Bulls boxers on. You jumped on. in in your boxers? Yeah. All right, no shame. YOLO. Like, come on. <laughs> when you're a kid, who cares? Yeah, that's true. If I'm an adult, who cares? Or my right, Danger sure. Kazooie boxers. But <laughs> anyways, so I jump in the pool. We're all fine and well. And I'll get back to Super Mario World here in a little bit. You know, we visit Magic Kingdom. We visit. We go to Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure. I also remember getting one of those um, little signature books. Oh, yeah. I that's still have it. It was a Dr. Seuss one. Oh, fun. And I still have all the signatures from all the Marvel characters from Islands of Adventure. Um, everyone one of the at, best parts. Everyone at Disney, all that stuff. Well, this is when the story kind of gets interesting. So we end up ordering food from a restaurant, and I can't really nail down what restaurant it was. But at this point, my stepsister had finished everything with her band they drove back up, but she stayed with us because she was going to continue going on vacation with all of us. Yeah. We hit up a couple parks. One night we come back, we get a meal, and I don't know if it was food poisoning or if it was the flu. I think it was more the flu bug because my stepsister and stepmom were up all night getting sick. Oh, it's miserable. So we kind of quarantined. What a great trip. Yeah. So we quarantined them to one side of the room. And at this point, it was kind of just a waiting game of everyone else getting sick. Yeah. My sister got sick. My dad and I were like, screw this. We're getting out of here. We're going to continue enjoying our vacation. We went to Bush Gardens that day. We come back. This is like the final leg of the trip. And then the next like night and a half is my dad and I just getting sick. What's miserable, too, is, you know, you have like a 16 hour drive ahead of you. So, Yeah. Well, fortunately for everyone else, except for me, everyone else had kind of recovered at that point. Mm -hmm. I was the only one that still had the bug on the way home. For So for 16 hours, I'm like puking into a bag and getting Ugh. sick and everything like that. But the saving grace of all of this was my lime green Game Boy Advance SP, Super Mario Advance 2, Super Mario World, and my little Game Shark adapter, because everyone knows that late Super Mario World, you get to the Forest of Illusion, the Valley of Bowser, some of those tougher worlds, you're running out of lives like nobody's business, okay? Rusty is not good at 2D platformers, so I die a lot. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, I had my little Game Shark. I was getting all the 99 lives. I had basically uh, whatever the little cape is to fly around. I just, I had an endless inventory of that with my Game Shark. Cheated my way 
to the end, I don't necessarily remember seeing the credits roll in Super Mario World, but I'm pretty sure I ended up beating it. But this was the game that helped take me my, uh, take my mind not only off of the no AC, six hours of bumper-to-bumper traffic in Florida, but also the nasty flu bug that I ended up contracting while my family was down in Florida. I can't wait to hear it. So, this is a song from very early in the game. I think most people are probably pretty familiar with it. Before I cue up the song, I'm sure there's people out there already humming the tune to Super Mario World. So, let's take a listen. Super Mario Advance 2, Super Mario World, the overworld theme. I'm sure people that grew up playing this game, or even if you played the Game Boy Advance game like myself, I could point at you and say, hey, hum the overworld theme, and you could just do it on the spot. So um, one of my favorites, definitely ingrained it in my mind, and uh, for better or for worse, it's uh, my memories tied to this game are always also associated with that long drive to Florida and the long-ass drive back because I was getting sick most of the time, but hey... Mario, help me through. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned um, long trips to Florida and like portable DVD players and everything because my family took a trip down to Florida for the first time that I went to Disney um, where Ryan and I got lost and everything and it was a whole thing, but that's a story for another time. But before the trip, Ryan and I had both been saving um, all of our allowances and stuff for like a year to get something to be able to go down to Florida, um, just like a fun toy or something. And so my mom took us to the store and I remember finding like my favorite color is blue. So I found a blue portable little DVD player and I ended up choosing that and like a slew of SpongeBob episodes that I watched on repeat all the way down to Florida. Yes. (laughs) But Ryan, chose this little black contraption that ended up being his PSP. 
And he convinced or tried to convince me the whole time we're at the store that I don't need this like little portable DVD player. I need to get what he's getting. And I was like, no, dude, I have my own mind. I'm going to do my own thing. And I really wish I got a PSP because that would have probably been my first true handheld that I fell in love with. It would have been like the original Switch for me. So um, Mm. I loved my DS. You know, I, I loved straining my eyes on the original Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color. But yeah. I don't know, poor life decisions early on. So still a fun trip to Florida, not quite as memorable as your whole family getting sick and the AC going out. But yeah, that's always a fun, long road trip with lots of memories with the family. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, actually bring us home this time, Lauren, because we have your <laughs> final song pick. So uh, what, what are we going to take a listen to? Yeah, when I was trying to figure out my third song, um, this is something that we actually both have in common because, at least for me, my favorite Pokemon game has always been Sapphire mm, um, mm-hmm. because there's a little little Pokemon in there that happens to be my favorite that some people call Mudkip, I call Splash. Mm. Um, and yeah, so this is a little tune from Pokemon Sapphire. So I played this one on the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, lots of good memories with that. Nice, yeah. This is definitely one that's high up there for me. I kind of always say that my love of the Pokemon series kind of goes in order of of their chronological release, you know, red, yellow, blue, and then, you know, gold and silver, and then eventually the the third region. But the more I think about it, I actually think I probably have more nostalgic memories tied to red, yellow, blue, Mm. and then skipping gold and silver just because I didn't get into gold and silver as much as most kids growing up. Yeah, neither I can't remember what was going on, um, but that was just the Pokemon generation that I didn't, I wasn't super close to. Yeah. But I was very close to because it was the first game I got from my Game Boy Advance was Sapphire. Yeah, that's the one I connected with the most. So definitely the most memories, most uh, playtime on Sapphire, and I just love, love, love Mudkip. And the cool thing too is that you not only have your original copy, Mm. the battery, the save battery is still alive and well. And your original save file is still still kicking. Yeah, and my splash, my maxed out Mudkip is a tank. And I have a little Pokeball that my brother or my mom got me when I was young, that it's a keychain, because I used to have a keychain collection. And I can pop it open and there's a little Mudkip. So nice. yeah, I used to carry it around with me like a champ. Very cute. Well he's a cool kid. You've yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. I've seen the pictures. Uh, well, what do you say we take a listen to uh, your final song here? Yeah, let's do it. All right.
so good. Um, so that was Little Root Town. And uh, yeah, it's just so peaceful. I just want to go back and play Pokemon now. I'm with you. And I wouldn't say that the later Pokemon soundtracks have been bad necessarily. And I think a lot of it too is just, you know, I'm a grumpy old man when it comes to Pokemon. So anything they do to change the series, I'm not super fond of. And then when you get away from the the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, and even some of the DS song soundtracks, they're just... They don't catch my uh, my attention as much as those earlier games. And Little Root Town is one that I was hoping you were going to select because there's a number of themes in the uh, the Sapphire and Ruby games that really stand out to me. But that one in particular, when you kind of first start your adventure, you select your Pokemon. Some of those earlier grass Pokemon that you run into, like Wurmple and the little dog and things like that, like oh, that definitely brings me back to the Christmas of my goodness, 2003 three-ish, four-ish when I got Pokemon Sapphire. Oh, I don't you know remember. better than me. I don't know. I'm but not yeah, really sure. yeah, definitely a lot of nostalgia tied to the Pokemon games. Mm. So, yeah. Great selection. Very nice way to wrap up your memory of Melody picks. Yeah, you like them? I did. I liked them a lot. Yeah, you got a little 102 Dalmatians in there. Got some uh, farming sim action on Harvest yeah. Moon. and oh, so good. A little Pokemon. I mean, you can't have a handheld, you know gaming music segment without some Pokemon tunes. Well, and the only other one that I was thinking of is I played a lot on the Game Boy Advance of this two-in-one game of SpongeBob and um, Fairly Odd Parents. Oh. And so I was thinking about throwing one of those in there, but I spent a lot of time on those games. Breaking all the rules? Is yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, I think I have the good. PS2 game and the Game Boy Advance game. Yeah, it was fun. It was like a little two-in-one, so I could just switch back and forth. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. I nice. was a big fan. Well, I- I'm really happy that you selected Pokemon instead of <laughs> yeah, some uh, yeah. SpongeBob stuff. But nothing wrong with some of those licensed games. We know Rusty likes those too. But bringing all of us home here with my final pick, this is a game that I don't necessarily have like a super memorable memory tied to necessarily it is special though because uh, I've talked about it a number of times here on the podcast how um, my mom worked two jobs most of the time she was a hairstylist still is not the most lucrative of professions so when it came to Christmas time my sister and I always kind of have had reserved expectations of like you know making a, a Santa Claus wish list of things that we wanted for Christmas but my mom year after year always worked extra hard around the holidays to provide for my sister and I and always make Christmas super special for the both of us um, I can't even tell you how many Christmases where she just really surprised us with the things that she ended up getting us. And and this particular Christmas was no different. Uh, everyone also knows that listens to this podcast on any regular basis that I am a huge fan of the Kingdom Hearts games. Mm-hmm. We talked about it earlier in the show. And Kingdom Hearts 1 in particular on the PS2, even to this day, is one of my favorite, if not favorite games of all time. And so when I was reading Nintendo Power magazines and talking to my friends and found out that we were going to get a portable entry in the Kingdom Hearts series on the Game Boy Advance. Obviously, I was just over the moon excited about it. This is also one of those games that I don't really remember reading a ton of magazines or necessarily anticipating the release. I just knew that it was going to be coming out, and it was something that I asked my mom. Really, this was the, the top item on my list. Like, mom, I don't care if I get anything else for Christmas. This is the one thing that I want, and that's Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Now, leading up to the release, I also didn't really know until I got the game in my hands that 
I wasn't going to be too fond of the battle system because this is the first game uh, and really the only game in the Kingdom Hearts series that has this weird card-based battle system where everything still plays out in real time like the original Kingdom Hearts game, but you have to build out this deck of cards and that's what you use when you're in combat with the Heartless, with boss battles, things of that nature. And so it still is probably the bottom of my list in terms of, um, you know, if I rank all of the Kingdom Hearts games, but nothing will ever come in the way of my nostalgic memories opening this up Christmas Day. And my mom always teases my sister, even to this day, you know, even if she gets us like a gift card to Chipotle, mm-hmm. she puts it in like a giant shoe box, <laughs> you know? And so we're opening up this gargantuan box and then we, we look inside and it's like, what's, what, why is this just a bag of Skittles? What, what's going on here? <laughs> And, you know, it was no different with uh, building up the anticipation. She does. She's great at that. And it was no different with Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. She, if I remember correctly, put it in a much larger box than it should have been in. And it was a complete inbox copy. I don't have my original copy anymore, but I have since got a really nice inbox copy on eBay. And one of the best things about Chain of Memories on the Game Boy Advance is its box art. And it kind of has this glossy kind of holographic cover. So because I wanted to end things um, on a high note and have a couple banger tunes and because I'm indecisive. you think I was going to bring it down with like some low notes in here? Well, I'm not. What's that? uh, You know, okay, so um, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I'm not trying to, you know, make make funny or anything like that. Little Root Town was a great choice. Oh, thanks. Wow. Getting getting some hate from from Lauren here as we wrap. <laughs> I think the show. they're all high notes. Some I, oh, I of think them they are, are too. less of bangers, but I think they're all fun. Hey, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I'm just trying to take things to the you know the nth level the here. Next level. That's right. I'm excited. That's right. Well, what I was getting at is because I'm indecisive and I love Kingdom Hearts music too much, I could not select one song. Oh. So I selected four. Oh. But we're not going to be here for too, too long because last <laughs> night I edited together kind of a chain of memories melody of song, medley of songs. Did you really? Yeah. You like remix it and work it all together. You spent some time on this then. Sort of. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. You were going to be on the show. I had to go big, you oh, know? thanks. So when Ryan's Thank here, it's kind of just like, oh, well, I, I prepared like <laughs> 10 minutes before we recorded. So well, every, you know, every year I have to be Here's on, uh, more so. ukulele music. I think I played this song 14 times in the podcast, but you know. I can't wait. So, all right, let's go ahead and take a listen.
I just love the Game Boy Advance renditions of some of the classic Kingdom Hearts songs that I I know and have heard a million times based on like the PS2 game. And so for those that, you know, weren't familiar with the tunes, I know you were humming and dancing and bopping along. <laughs> we were time. having fun. But yeah. the first one was the Traverse Town theme, oh, which is so one of my good. favorite themes in all of Kingdom Hearts. And then we also had the second one being To Our Surprise, which is kind of the battle theme in the Alice in Wonderland world. Yeah. And then the third one is Arabian Dreams, which yeah, plays kind of, it. yeah, it's definitely kind of the battle theme that you hear when you're in Agrabah, uh, the Aladdin world. And then the last one is kind of a much softer, slower version of the Destiny Islands theme. Yeah, they all were very distinct and I loved them all. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of wanted to start off kind of slow and, you know, a little soft with the Traverse mm-hmm. Town. And then get a couple of battle themes in there Ramp and then... Up. And then kind of, you know, slow back down with the Destiny Islands theme. So, yeah, like I said, not one of my favorite Kingdom Hearts games, but definitely have great memories playing it growing up with my my friends and, you know, getting to the very end and not being able to beat the final boss and my, my friend Scott beating it for me. <laughs> but it's really that Christmas memory opening that up. My mom, um, she's just... She's a hero, you know? I mean, she, you know, always came in strong when it came to the holidays and, and getting my sister some, some really nice gifts when we were not really deserving of much because we were little hooligans. But <laughs> uh, definitely appreciate all the, the great gifts that she got us growing up. So that is a wrap on Memory of Melodies. Oh, this is fun. Do you have this fun? This is my first one, yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully not the, the final one. Well, it's totally up to you, but I hope not. Yeah, that's the beauty of this segment is that we can always have guests on the show for really any theme that we want to, you know, tackle because there's no shortage of video game tunes to listen to oh yeah and uh, what i love about this segment is that it always just kind of 
sparks fun stories. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that is the fun thing because everyone, it could be the same song and everyone has different memories of it or different interpretations. So, um, yeah, I, I love this idea. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. We'll have to do this again soon. We definitely will. And hopefully um, one of the ideas that we were pitching was having a sibling episode. Yeah, I think that would be fun because I've done episodes with, I think, just you. Because one time we made fun of Ryan's like tweets or Instagram or Facebook posts or something. And then, yeah. Anyway, I think I've only done podcast episodes with you. But Ryan and I have a really fun chemistry as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm like the female version of Ryan, except for less vocal. So, a little less loud, yeah. Yeah, you might have, yeah, picked up on the that. The listeners may have picked up on that, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to break your eardrums with my laugh or anything. I have a, yeah, I'm pretty mild. Um, but yeah, we have a fun chemistry, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, we'll definitely have to make that episode happen in the future, but we have gone on way too long. We're already uh, coming in at just about two hours here, so thank you everyone so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, go show my wife some love. Follow her on Instagram at Gizmo's Game Room, or maybe they can't. In two months. But go follow me on Twitter at Gizmo's Game Room. Yeah, give her a little follow, show her some love, get on the Discord, and uh, tell her how great a job she did oh, talking thanks. much more coherently than me because it is so damn <laughs> hot so in this room. Hot. We both are like chugging coffee and trying to keep our heads straight. So. Yeah. Yeah. Disregard us in our mumbly, uh, yeah. Nonsense. Whatever but this is. Yes. Thank you again, everyone, so much for listening. If you want to show your appreciation and love for the show, go over to the old Apple podcast, leave us a little review, rate us five stars. You write some nice words, we might just bring it up on the show, give you a little shout out. If you want to ask us questions or have future suggestions for the show, you can also do that. Write us an email at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you just want to be a part of a really welcoming, fun, chill community, hop in the Discord if you're not already there. Click that little link in the show notes. Join the fun discussions. We'd love to have you there. But Lauren, as we wrap things up here, typically I would turn it over to Ryan and he'd have a little fun fact. Did you uh, prepare any fun facts? If you didn't, that's totally fine. Oh gosh. Uh, Ryan is full of random facts. Um, I will, I don't have as many interesting things to say as he does, but one thing I learned this week was about the different types of dairy cows. So Mm. there's like 10 different types of dairy cows, not just the black and white ones. So those are Holsteins. And there's jerseys and all slew of things. So way more than you need to know about cows, but the world is intricate and they're really cute with their fluffy little ears. So go check them out. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do an episode dedicated to the different types of cows. I, w- I know way too much about dairy. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you having, thanks for, I shouldn't be thanking you. I was about to say thank yeah, you for having, for having me on the show. Gosh. It's been an episode. It's been a day. It's been fun. And I'm tired. tired. Yeah. (laughs) All right, everyone. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.